Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I'm your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host, and we are thankful for the opportunity to speak to you today. Looking forward to a wonderfully entertaining show. Um, at least that's what I had a dream about last night. It was that <laughs> we were going to have a great show today. And uh, Mark, you know, it, it's uh, one of those times of year where we try to bring in um, Tom or somebody to talk about the market. And just like it is outside, it's hot. It's Would hot. you agree? Well, and, and the, the, our guest is hot. That's so. right. Exactly. <laughs> Temperature <laughs> hot, by the way. I'm just kidding. Um, so, um, well, let's just get right into it because I know we have a lot to cover. And before we get into it, go to thehousinghour.com. That's where you're going to find the treasure trove of information. You can share our show with friends and family. You can also plug in with us on Facebook. So you can go to facebook.com slash thehousinghour. Our Twitter handle is at thehousinghour. So we'd love for you to go subscribe to our podcast as well on iTunes. So we'd love for you to do that. Um, but without any further ado, we have in studio Tom White, the appraiser of all appraisers. Welcome all in. Appraisers. Uh, well, I appreciate that introduction, but I don't know about that one. Well, you know, in, in come 2008 or whenever that you know law was passed, we began to have a different relationship with, with the appraisers for good reason, um, because some you know, loan officers, not me, would call the appraiser and say, hey, look here, hey, we need to get 250000 on this uh, on this refinance. You know, those are things that were happening. And so your relationship with lenders has changed. I would say you would say probably for the better. I think it has. Um, you know, in, in years past, I've been doing this since 1986 mm-hmm. for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all about relationships. Yeah. And who you knew. And, you know, those relationships would change because people would change jobs and they go to from regions to, you know, Bank of America and, and they would call you and say, hey, we got to put you on a list, you know. Right. And and so all that changed um, in 2008 when they passed the new law mm-hmm. and they cut us off from the brokers mm-hmm. and basically went to a rotating list. So you got right. on a list. So it was a new you, challenge. It was a new challenge. And and really, you know, it, it most of the appraisers were pretty unhappy with it when it first enacted. I remember. Enacted. I remember very clearly. And, and it still has some limiting factors. Um, but overall, I think it's been fairly positive for our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that um, my workload has certainly not changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I still basically have the same amount of workload or even more. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's a combination of things, um, but it also has to do with with the uh, with the uh, law that was enacted. But yeah. um, you know, like every industry, things change, mm-hmm. and I'm sure things will change in the future. Yeah, I tell you. Well, oh, go ahead, Mark. Well, I was going to say in 2015, uh, Tom was on air with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Has it been that long was, ago? Yeah, it yeah. was really. And mm-hmm. we were talking about collateral underwriting, which was the Fannie Mae change to the uh, underwriting. Uh, yeah. You know, perspective yeah well before yeah that's that's where i want to go before we get to that for the those who are listening because this is tom's first time i guess on this station with us here at news talk 98 third third time total third time total okay great um but one of the things that people may want to know is that when you purchase a home you have to go through a process unless you're paying cash 
which if you're paying cash, I would still want to have it. Appraised. I, I get, a, I do a lot of I cash. Say. I do a lot of cash appraisals yeah. for realtors. They'll call me and say, "Hey, we got a cash appra- a cash purchase, but they want an appraisal." Mm-hmm. And so when you go through that process, let's say with Mortgage Investors Group, who this um, this show is sponsored by, migonline.com, one eight hundred four eight nine eight nine one zero. But whoever you go through doesn't matter. You go through that process of actually having an appraisal done. So Tom works as an appraiser, has been doing it since 1986. Yeah. <laughs> it feels 19, like it sometimes. 1986. And so he, he gets the order through sort of, I guess, a round robin fashion, right? Yes. I mean, you, you get approved by an, uh, a lender and then, you know, every once in a while they'll send you an order. Mm-hmm. Because the way it used to be, just to unpack this further for everyone, is that when I was a loan officer, for instance, I developed relationships with certain appraisers and Tom was one of my, one of my guys because I knew number one, he was going to do a good job and I'm, I'm being honest here. And number two, he was going to get it back to me in a timely fashion. And I knew he knew what he was doing. So I developed that relationship and I was, I remember when I was at the height of my career, I mean, I was sending him orders every single day because he would schedule them. He would get them done and I'd have them back within a few days. Well, like uh, Tom mentioned, 2008, one of the things with with the housing market bust that happened is that there was a lot of people out there. It started with the attorney general in New York. Who, Cuomo. Cuomo, which sort of said, you know, here's where the problem exists. You've got these, these um, sweetheart deals and uh, loan officers and lenders are getting these appraisers to inflate the value and not use the comps that are similar to the subject property. And so a house that's worth 200000 they're making it seem like it's worth 300000 And then these folks that are not making their payments and they're foreclosing, we've got issues. This is where the housing bust, this is what they suggested was the reason. Really, it was multifaceted. That that happened, but that was not the, the number one reason, right? You, you know, I think the appraisers maybe contributed 2 to 4%. Maybe yeah, it was a minimal amount. You know, the the really the push was from Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And and you know, if you want to go back and study it, you know, you can you can go back and um look and there was a movie out not long ago, um, The Big Short. The Big Short. Mm-hmm. Um, Great movie. All you have to do is you read the book, which I did. Mm-hmm. And what was funny about that book was there's three mortgage companies in there. I did work for all three of them. Mm, okay. And yeah, and you I, had you I, had four fingers, but you said three. I said okay, three. three okay, three. gotcha. But <laughs> I and what was funny about that was I I fired every one of them mm. because it it got to the point where um it was just really it was wasn't very good business practice what they were doing, and mm-hmm. I could tell it, you know. And but irrespective of that, um, the I felt like the uh, the legislation that came down was basically taking a sledgehammer to hit mm. a fly on mm. a glass table. Wow, you know. But what a mental picture that is. That's good, though. I mean, I mean that's what yeah. they did, and and they they pretty much broke the industry for probably. Three to five years. Mm-hmm. We're back on our feet. Um, everybody's kind of acquiesced to the new procedures. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I personally don't like about the new procedures is they try to totally cut out the broker from the appraiser. But there's sometimes you really uh, need to speak to that person. Right. And, you know, I mean, whether it's uh, for efficiency, um, you can't get a hold of the appraiser coordinator at some place, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's just a real minor thing. Hey, I need this answered right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have two hours to wait to somebody get back to me. Right. 
you know, supposedly that you shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. But I think they should make some exceptions. I think they should tweak the law a little bit. But I think the law has. You just wait the two hours. Is that what you're telling us? Oh, yeah, like every time. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I, I think they ought to look at some of I those agree. things and, and, and loosen the reins a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because really all it, all it is – they just don't want the broker picking up the phone going, I got to have 200 grand for that appraisal. And you going, okay, no problem. I'll do that. For right. You. And, and to be honest with you, that really didn't happen uh, very mm-hmm. often. Sometimes you got some pressure, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't as ex- explicit mm-hmm. as that. Um, so, well, well, and you, you look at the movie, the big short as an example, because I like for things to be set up. So for it'll carry on the rest of our conversation and we'll understand where, where we came from and where we're going. But if you watch the movie, big short, have you seen the movie? Uh, I have. Okay. So in the big short, there's that one scene where this guy who is brilliant, he's going to short the entire housing market. So he's going around, he's doing his due diligence, he's researching it. And of course, it's a dramatization of probably what happened, but he's in the bar area with those two loan officers, right? And the loan officers were saying, oh yeah, we can, do, oh, oh no problem, 90% jumbo, don't even need to check your income, you know, don't even need to do this. And so really, you mentioned the appraisal, appraisers probably contributed 3 to 4%. Well, these these less than optimal loan officers contributed a much larger percentage of that. It's that, you know, it's that 1% of all loan officers that caused probably 90% of the problem. And, and, and they just, they weren't yeah. scrupulous. You know, the, the, the yeah. lenders were allowing for people to do things. Um, and it wasn't really being able to ascertain the ability for the borrower to repay. Well, That's what it broke camp comes down to. When I learned that they were doing negative amortization in California, I knew we were in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, and what they were doing, they were basically going in there. They were saying, "Okay, you're buying a house for five hundred thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars. We're going to never negative amortize this loan over thirty Must years." Must have been a studio. <laughs> yeah, and and you're going to um, and within a one year, you're going to have uh, positive uh, equity in that house because it's going to be appreciating thirty percent a year. So right. there's no reason to worry about it. And as anybody knows, what goes up must come down, mm-hmm. especially when it goes up quickly. Right. Now we were lucky here in East Tennessee. We didn't have the right. um, real quick appreciation. Therefore we didn't have the huge fall. We did have some fall. Sure. Um, and in certain areas and certain areas are still hurting. Um, mm-hmm. There's some, you know, people ask me all the time, how's the market? And I'd like to say, what's market? Mm-hmm. And they'll say, well, you know, the real estate market. And I say, well, there's sub markets to the real estate market. Yeah. So maybe music? we can talk about that when we come back. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That's something that we should talk about. And I like looking at the national landscape of things because really what happens outside of our state can happen in this state. So it's always good to understand the whole dynamic and everything that's going on. We have Tom White in studio, a great appraiser, friend of the show and of Mortgage Investors Group. And we'll be right back after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. And welcome back into the Housing Hour. Again, it's Kevin Ray. I'm your host. Thank you for being here. Um, You can go to thehousinghour.com and share this show with friends and family. If you have a friend or family member that might be looking for a home and they want to know all the ins and outs of how housing works and how you go about getting a loan, 
uh, we'd love to have the opportunity to help guide you through that process. You can go to MIGonline.com today or ring us at 1-800-489-8910. In studio with us today, we have Tom White. Um, he is an appraiser. He um, focuses, I mean, you do Knox County, Anderson County, Roan County. I mean, you do the whole gamut. I, I do about seven different counties. Seven different counties. And um, before we got off the air, you were talking about someone who always asks you, how's the market going? And you say, which market? Um, can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Because you do seven counties. I get each county has a little different flavor, right? Yeah. And, and each county has a sub market, mm. you know, so, you know, like let's take Knox County. Um, most people are pretty familiar with Knox County and they say, well, how's the market? And I'll say, well, what part of Knox County are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And they'll say, well, let's talk about, uh, you know, Farragut. How's mm-hmm. Farragut? And I'll say, well, it's hotter than a pancake. Right. And then they'll say, well, what about, um, you know, what about Strawberry Plains? Mm-hmm. And I'll say, well, that's a completely and totally different market. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to talk about 37920 zip code down South Knoxville, that's a completely different market. If you want to talk about, um, waterfront property, so that's a completely different market. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about condos, that's, that's another market. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about condos downtown, that's, that's another market. Yeah. So even though every market is influenced by the, by the macroeconomics of your area, it's also influenced by the microeconomics of your location. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's take Farragut, for example. Um, I didn't know you were this smart, huh? I'm, I'm, just I'm not. You know, I stayed at a Holiday Inn last night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> My wait. wife threw me out. I had to go down there. I had a strange dream, too. Anyway. <laughs> We're not going to go there. <laughs> but um, uh, anyway, in Farragut, mm-hmm. um, you know, I did an appraisal. It was $110,000 sale um, of a 1,000-square-foot house um, off of Loop Road. Mm-hmm. It just closed. You guys did did the uh, financing on mm-hmm. it. Um, and you know, it was about a 40 year old home in decent shape. Somebody got on there and updated the kitchen and the baths, you know, and it was wood siding and, and had a gravel parking lot, um, gravel driveway and gravel lot. Um, no, no, no car storage. But as part of our process, we have to get listing or, or pending sales to put with the appraisal. Mm-hmm. And um, when I searched the market, um, went from 60,000 to 150,000. And hit my search bar, <laughs> there wasn't one house for sale in three seven nine three four zip code in that price range. Mm, wow! And and so that and that's kind of, Farragut, right? And that's Farragut. Mm-hmm. And and this this house had sold in two days. Mm-hmm. So you know when you see something that's sold, let's say let's say you look pulling up a listing that says five days on the market, really it's probably been on the market a day, right? Um, because it takes them five, five days, days just to cute. just to update the website, right? Um. And so what I had to do, I had to go out of the market, I had to go to Hardin Valley and pull a, pull a listing. And even mm. those areas are having problems in that price range. Mm. You know, th- this started back in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, banks just quit lending um, for uh, subdivisions. They mm-hmm. just, I mean, the federal government came in and told them, you're done. No more, no more, li- no more lending on land. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're not doing those. any more development loans, right. no more development loans. Mm-hmm. And it really didn't kick back in until about two years ago, mm-hmm. maybe three years ago, tops. Yeah. And, and so we're behind the curve. And when you have um, inelastic supply and elastic demand, mm-hmm. if you studied economics anywhere, you know that creates right. a supply problem. Mm-hmm. And that's what the housing industry is. It's right. in a supply problem right now. Yeah. And there's certain subsections, subsections of the market 
that are really squeezed. Mm. And and whenever you get the squeeze coming, you get the price increase. Mm-hmm. So like l- let's say that um, I'm doing an appraisal and um, I'm in 37919 zip code, which is um, you know, Sequoia Hills area. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go in there and I'll pull a sale that um, occurred like la- last summer, let's say last September. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing an appraisal today. And the first thing I notice is that I pull it up and I go, wow, that's low. Mm. And and I pull up my chart for appreciation in the, in Knoxville and it, oh well it's appreciated twelve percent since last summer mm. so I have to make a twelve percent adjustment let's say it sold for three hundred thousand mm. dollars okay I'm I'm making an adjustment of thirty four thousand dollars on that sale thirty six thousand I'm I'm sorry <laughs> you're right thirty six thousand on that sale yeah on that sale um for uh that's unbelievable for that for that market because. Mm. The market has risen that much. And that's what the data will tell you. And that's and what that's, the data will tell you. Your that, little sheet yeah. tells you that. And that's what Fannie Mae wants you to do. They right. want you to make those market condition adjustments. Mm-hmm. And whether they're negative or positive, they want you to make those adjustments. And you really have to you have to do them. Like, I mean, I'm not here to bust on appraisers, but I had a realtor that was a, I do cash sales for. Mm-hmm. And she came to me and she said, look, I don't have a cash sale, but I got a sale that's supposed to be closing i got a local mortgage company that did the did the uh, loan it's not you guys mm-hmm. and um this appraiser came in and the house had three contracts okay was on the market two days sold for uh i think it was uh five hundred and eighty thousand dollars mm-hmm. it was in the sequoia hills area um and um, the appraiser appraised it for um, 40000 less than the sales price. They didn't get that adjustment that you mentioned. And so I said, I said, okay. I said, um, you know, I asked her, I said, do you have the appraisal in front of you? She said, yeah. And I said, well, just, you know, tell me what comps you use. And she told me. And I said, is there a – I said, what's the dates on the comps? And she told me the dates. September 16th. Yeah. Yep. And I said, did he make a condition adjust or did he make a financing adjustment for time? And she said, no. And I said, well, that's where he missed it. And she yeah. paid me to go back and do another appraisal. I mm-hmm. didn't even look at the guy's appraisal. I didn't want to look at it. Mm-hmm. And I did an, an, another appraisal for it. Came in line, didn't it? And it came in really close, actually a little above what they sold mm-hmm. it for because I made those time adjustments. So, you know, in a hot market, mm-hmm. those time adjustments are that really important. really, really points out a very mm-hmm. clear picture. Yeah, and they're really important. Um, and, and I've always said this. I said an appraiser is like – a, a, a race car driver who's driving down the road while looking in the rearview mirror, <laughs> but he's trying to figure out where he's going in front of him. Mm-hmm. So if there's a sharp curve, he's fine as long as the road, long as you have a stable market and a stable economy and no price increases, he can pull sales from a year ago and be completely fine. Mm-hmm. But the problem becomes is when you have an increasing market or a decreasing market and they're not making those time adjustments uh, on the appraisal, Mm -hmm. then then you can miss them. Well, let me let me ask you. I got a bunch of of questions. I know. But (laughs) a lot of the markets, especially in West Knoxville and in Oak Ridge, um, Mm -hmm. they're on the market for one or two days and you're getting the bid it up. So I know Mm -hmm. you address that. But in a lot of markets, um, we you have uh, a bidding up by ten thousand, fifteen or twenty thousand dollars on a on a value. I mean, it comes to you. How do you comp it out? It's Vegas, I mean, baby. You can you can adjust for time to a certain <laughs> well, amount. Well, you know, here's the old saying: is one person doesn't make a market, <clears throat> but a lot of people do. Yes. And, and so, when you have a circumstance where someone is bidding up a, a, a property, you can actually overbid for a property. Now that that does occur. Mm-hmm. 
And and but you have to, as an appraiser, you have to look at it and say, what's on the market right now? What what are they competing against? Okay. So when you when you pull the current listings and you look on the market, even though you might have a twelve percent historical um, appreciation rate over the last year, in the last two months it might have even increased, mm. accelerated. Okay, so and the best way to know that is looking at contracts, right? And right? the best way to to know that is looking at contracts and looking at what and you can also pull statistics for listing price increases. Mm-hmm. So if you have in the past 12 months, if you have a, a say a 10 percent um, increase and then you pull the last four months and it's now up to 13 percent listing increases, then that means it's probably accelerating. Mm. The opposite is true. Mm. You know, you can also look at it that way. A lot of appraisers miss things because in 2006, 2007, they were using – in 2008 and nine they were using comps from 2007 and eight. Um, you know, <clears throat> and they were missing properties. They're, they were probably over-appraising 10 and 15 percent. And remember when that – whenever we were doing a lot of refinances because rates dropped dramatically – and we were we were having a heck of a time even refinancing many people because of the fact that hey look that the values have decreased and and you were having to use that same adjustment likely negative adjustment on the other other, other side, side which right. is really just does not make your client happy at all right and that was around the time when you know the lenders were unable to contact the appraisers and it be, it just became this this huge thing um, we had a guy who works at MIG I'm not gonna mention his name but um, he had a situation where he purchased a home for one thirty nine nine that was what the sales price was well he was told by the people involved he was told by the selling agent and the listing agent everybody told him you're not going to be able to get it at that amount so he ended up paying more for the house 144 so when we get back from this break I'm going to tell you a little bit more about his situation, and I'm going to have you unpack it because a lot of our listeners, although 300000 is in their future, maybe they're dealing with a little lower sales price. Maybe they're in that 100 to 150 which if, if, if fair gets like hotcakes, this is like, uh, I don't know, a nitrogen take. If I don't know if that's hot, but it's hot. That market is moving quickly. So when we get back from these messages, we'll continue this conversation with Tom White. We'll be right back. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back to the Housing Hour. Kevin Ray here, host of the Housing Hour. Since 2011, we've been around, which is pretty amazing, I think. Um, Mark and I, and, and thank you to Mark here. He's our executive producer and co-host. Admin is in there spinning the records. Um, we are so thankful to have the opportunity to sort of sit in with you and give you some information that I think at this time is certainly helpful. We have Tom White inside our studio. He is talking to us about values in the different markets and how appraisers come to be. And we're talking about hotcakes and all kinds of different food nitrogen terminology, cake something nitrogen <laughs> cakes. But <clears throat> I'm glad I've already eaten. <laughs> that's right. I had a friend who does work with us who purchased a home, the list price was one thirty nine nine, 
Okay, so that was cool. One thirty nine nine. He was going to go make that offer, but then he was told quickly by the agent, "Look, there's already two other offers coming in. You need to know that because they're going to obviously take the higher offer." Long story short, he made the offer at one forty four. I think. I think it was. Um, and then they went through the home inspection. The home inspection located several things that needed to be repaired. Um, and so this guy was thinking, well, my goodness gracious. I mean, I can't just say one forty four still when I've got $4,000 worth of repairs to be done. It's a real thing that people need to be cautious about because you might find a home that's in a hot market but it still may need some repairs. It may need some, you know, some things done to the crawl space. It may need the sidewalk might need to need to be repaired. There might be something else inside the electricity. There's, there's many different things that are happening. And, and when you go out there, you're looking for safety hazards. You're not a home inspector. You're a home appraiser. That's true. Do you get a copy of the home inspection or does that even matter to you? No. So talk us through that because the reason being is because you're looking at the home as it is. Is there anything glaring safety wise? Yes. You'll point those things out. Well, when you do an appraisal, you're, you're doing it for your client and your client has certain criteria that they ask you to look at. Mm-hmm. Now, if your client is FHA, who is, uh, you know, do you do FHA? Client. Yeah, I do FHA. I didn't know you did FHA. Yeah. So, you know, FHA falls the same. Well, I'll just take You didn't this. used to. No, I started about five or seven years ago. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do it when they had the VC sheet a long time ago. I wasn't yeah. doing that. So, um, actually, I've been doing it longer than that. I've probably been FHA appraiser for 10 years. But, um, I'll check online later. Yeah. I'm just kidding. But, uh, the thing about the client, um, if you're doing a conventional appraisal, it's not as onerous on us for a um, quote home inspection um, as it is if it was FHA. Mm-hmm. Now USDA rural housing, you know, all those follow the FHA guidelines. And um, if you're doing a mobile home, even though it's conventional, it kind of follows FHA guidelines. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're doing an FHA, FHA two years ago in September of 2015, I think changed all the rules mm-hmm. And they went back to appraisers being a little more of a um, hawk when it comes to the condition of the property and doing some inspections, attic inspections, appliance inspections, HVAC inspections, these kinds of things. You mean they're making you climb up there in the attic? Well, my goodness. That's what they say. (laughs) You're just checking insulation, right? No. Really, what you're checking for when you go in the attic, you're, you're looking to see if there are loose wires, if there's a fire hazard. You're looking to see if it has insulation. You're looking to see if it has um, spots on the ceilings. You're looking for um, animal animals. You're looking to see if it has – like if you have a roof that's 15 years old and you go up there and you see spots. Now, FHA says if you see water spots, then you have to call for a roofing inspection. You have to have a roofing letter. Mm-hmm. And um, the other thing the FHA says is um, you have to be cognizant of your own safety. So if if – they historically have asked you to do a head and shoulders check. That means you mm-hmm. get your shoulders above the the uh, scuttle hole and look around. If you see anything obvious, you write it down. Um, but they've actually gone a f- more uh, forward with that and said you need to do a four-corner inspection of the attic wow. and a four-corner inspection of the crawl space. The only thing is um, with those two things, they say you have to keep your safety in mind. So – I do not do a four-corner inspection of the attic unless it's floored. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Absolutely. So, I mean, and, I know you're athletic, but I mean, yeah. I can't see you. I'm 55 years old, too. you got to remember that. So, I mean, I've been doing this 30-some years. But um, if I get up in an attic and, and I do a head and shoulders inspection and it, I, all I can see is insulation, there's no flooring, I'm not doing a four corners inspection on, on that attic. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm taking two, three pictures, and I'm doing a visual inspection with a flashlight. Mm-hmm. And usually that's pretty yeah, you know, pretty good. Um, same thing with and likely prospects. they're doing a home inspection in addition. More than likely they're doing a home inspection, but FHA has said that um, you cannot rely on the home inspector. Mm. They do not. They want our eyes on it. Mm-hmm. And the reason this came about was uh, what happened was FHA got got real tight with their um, with their inspections, and they lost ninety percent of the market. They went from thirty to forty percent of mm-hmm. the refinance market purchase market down to about five percent. Mm-hmm. And they said, "Wow, you know, you know, we need to change that." So they loosened their criteria and they went to safety only. Mm, right. Okay, and then ten years later, they said, "Man, we got a bunch of junk mm-hmm. because they're getting a lot of REO properties that had a lot of problems." And they yes. said, mm, "Pendulum swings back the other way. You're back to doing inspections again." Right. You right. know. So that's where we are right now, <clears throat> and um, I think that's where we'll be for a while. The the inspection process is not as bad as it was historically back in the 70s and 80s so so this when we started talking about this it was about the individual who we know he was going to go fha so we never really got to that point in the transaction because the home inspector found some things prior to you even uh, an appraiser getting in there because the you know the the appraiser did not get or the appraisal did not get ordered because they were still working through the home, home the um, home inspection contingency removal addendum or whatever they call right. it. So um, in that case, he lost the home because the seller wasn't um, agreeable to getting it back because he said, well, we're just going to take the backup backup yeah. offer. And I guess in hopes that those people were not going to do a home inspection or whatever. I'm not sure. Right. So I think that that's the word of caution to folks out there is that, yes, we are in a rising market and you do need to be you know conscious of that because, you know, this guy really wanted this home, but he also didn't want to strap himself because he only has so much cash that he had on hand and he didn't want to get into a situation where he was going to have to. So does that make it a seller's market? I mean, what he it, it does make it a, it does make it a seller's market and, and realtors will tell you that. You know, when you make an offer on a house, you got to be cognizant of the fact that you don't, if you have a home inspection and there are a few things come back, you know, you just need to swallow those and go on mm-hmm. because if you really push, the guy's going to say or the girl's going to say, no thanks, I'll take their backup offer, see you later. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly so, what so happened. you, you, you have to be cognizant of, of those factors. Now, mm-hmm. when I do it in appraisal, you know, first thing I ask the realtor is, has there already been a home inspection done? Yes. Did they find anything major? I don't want to know about the Nick Piggy stuff. Did they find anything major? Mm-hmm. No, no major problems were found. Okay, cool. Um, the big, I mean, but any any realtor can tell you anything. Well, that, that's true, but I mean, most realtors aren't going to lie to you, and and they know I can always ask for right. that's true for the copy of of the home inspection. Um, and plus, I mean, I'm going to do my job right. anyway. Right. Um, the biggest things that I see, let's, let's go over this real quick. Mm-hmm. The biggest things I see as repair items on FHA inspections. Number one, um, wet crawl space and basements. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number two, um, is ra- that nitpicky? Is that, is that what you're saying? That's nitpicky? Maybe. No, that's not nitpicky. Okay. All right. I no. didn't think so. I was just no. testing you. No, um, <laughs> wet crawl space and basements are, um, 
are not only a, a, a foundation hazard, they're also mold and mildew hazard. Mm-hmm. So those things need to be corrected. Um, the other things, rails and spindles on um, anything over 18 inches that is uh, uh, stairwells or or um, porches, patios, decks, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, a, a lot of times you, in older homes you don't have an interior um, interior access point to the attic. Mm-hmm. That's another thing FHA wants. Um, they they oh. want an interior. You know, a lot of these old homes you'll have like a uh, a grate outside that you can take off some octagon in right. the in the some eve. woodland homes that yeah. have added the roofs. Yeah, added the yeah they yeah. The, the pitch. <clears throat> that don't count. You need yeah. an interior access point to the to the attic. Hmm. Um, you know, so windows have to open and close, right? Yeah, windows have to open and close. There can't be any broken glass. What about um, lead based paint? Are they still yeah, uh, lead based on that? Lead based paint. Um, you know, <clears throat> other things um, included in that. Are, Did you say railing around a porch that has to be so high? Did you already? If it's it? more than eighteen inches off the ground, it's okay. No, it's, it's not, not okay. okay. It's <laughs> not okay. If it's more than eighteen inches off the ground, then you have to have a rail. And spindles. Oh, I see. 18 inches. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Rail and spindles. If it's, gotcha. if it's 20 inches or so, I go around two feet. If mm-hmm. it's if it's less than two feet and you think a toddler can fall and not hurt itself, then mm-hmm. you're good to go. And that's mm-hmm. typical building yeah. code in yeah, county. Yeah, it is. Should be. The other thing, the spindles, um, the width between the spindles um, can be – if you take a Coke can and you hold it vertically, you should just barely be able to fit it through the area between the spindles. Mm, that's a very good thing to think about. Well, I can't believe that we're coming into the last third segment. We're going to have one more segment here with Tom, and we have a bunch of stuff to cover. We want to we want to hit on a few more things. Um, this has been very informative, especially in this market. These are great um, tips uh, for you guys, and uh, we're going to continue this conversation right after these messages. In Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. We're here with Tom White, the appraiser that we definitely like to have on the show. It's his third time on the show. This is the Housing Hour. Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host, is here by my side. And Adam in there spinning the records for us, coming in and out of break. Thank you so much to him. Um, we have a lot of information that we've covered, and I'd love for you to share this show with friends and family because I think it's a great show for people who are thinking about buying a home. And that's really the question um, that a lot of people are asking themselves. Hey, do we want to list our house? Do we want to go out and try to find another home? You know, and, and people are scared. People were disillusioned in 2008. They had their house in the market for two years, and they just don't feel like getting back into it. So we, we have this huge inventory void right now. We need homes on the market. We need homes that are of quality. I tell you right now, and Tom, you can you can back me up on this. If you have a nice home in that two hundred to three hundred thousand dollar range, it's got good access. It's got it's a nice neighborhood, a nice yard. Tom, I know you can't tell me for sure, but a couple of weeks maybe. Well, I would say if you're in that category, then. The day you it list it, on what the day market. you list it, you better have a contingency to move out. Right, that's exactly right. <laughs> because I mean, I've talked to a lot of people that I'll go and do their appraisal, and they'll go, "God, man, 
you know, we listed our house and we're just not ready to move yet. And I'm like, well, why'd you list your house for, you know, because people don't understand that in some of these markets, um, you know, it's going to move very fast for them Mm -hmm. faster than what they want. And, and, you know, talking about moving fast, um, a lot of people accuse appraisers of moving slowly and no, uh, no, no, (laughs) never Uh, heard that. (laughs) Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, it is a process. It's a process. You you have have to play golf a couple of times a week. At least, at least. (laughs) Um, yeah. My wife asked me the other day, she said, am I ever going to see you again? And I said, I don't know, you know, 12, 14 hours a day, you might get used to not seeing me, but, um, you know, when the, when the feds went to this UAD, um, data collecting Mm -hmm. uh, process, Mm -hmm. um, they kind of put appraisers on notice, I think. Mm. Um, now, this is just me talking. I have nothing to back this up other than the fact that I know that in some refinancing right now at this time that um, if your borrowers meet certain criteria, you don't even require an appraisal. Well, that was 2006. I was doing that all day long. But it is true today. No, I know. No, I know. It's too. And, and, you know, if you if you look at, um, if you look at the whole process from the time someone buys a house to the time they close, mm-hmm. the bottleneck is generally the appraiser. Mm. You know, that's where it yeah. slows down. It's pretty fast getting the information in and, you know, and then all of a sudden home you're inspectors the inspectors too. Huh? Home inspectors. Yeah. Home inspectors too. But you get to the appraiser and it goes, right. and then everybody says, well, we're waiting on the appraisal. And, and I think, um, that's good and bad. Um, cause you need a, a third party that is, is, is disinterested in the process and can rationally look at the mm-hmm. situation and say, yes, that's a, that's a good transaction or no, that's a bad transaction. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we got in trouble with that in, in the mid 2000s. But I think the federal government, um, with, with the onset of all of the electronical, um, data that they are collecting today and will collect into the future, that when you get to a larger metropolitan areas, let's say, maybe even not here, but let's say Denver, Houston, or L.A., Chicago, and you have large track homes. Nashville in 2025. Nashville in 2025. (laughs) When you have a a homogeneous use um, Mm -hmm. neighborhood where you have maybe 500 homes of which there's five different models and they're all pretty much the same, similar age. There's a lot of places like that. There's a lot of places like that. And let's say they're selling between three hundred and three hundred fifty thousand dollars, and the guy's putting fifty uh, percent down on that. Do you really need an appraisal? Right. You know, the answer probably is no. Mm-hmm. And and as an appraiser, you know, I'm as far as the the models that you guys have now when you do these evaluations of our appraisals. Mm-hmm. You know, if we fall outside that modeling, then you might have a review, or you might have a desk review, you might have a a, a field review. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't understand that, um, you know, people think we're the last answer to their, to their problems no, and, the and first. we're the first. Right. And I tell people, I'll say, they'll say, well, you're the last hurdle, aren't you? And I'll say, well, sort of, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> but because they don't understand that not only do we get like for you guys, your underwriters that are in, in house, 
review our appraisal. Mm-hmm. And then whoever buys the loan reviews the appraisal. Mm-hmm. And then Fannie Mae might review the appraisal. Well, we review the appraisal with the C automatically. Right, exactly. We put the data in and it sits, spits us back an answer. And, and then you come back to us and you say, why would you use that comp? Why didn't you use this comp next door? Or, mm-hmm. or can you put this other comp in there? And, and what's this adjustment for? And can you rationalize this adjustment? And, mm-hmm. and so – you know, people might think that, you know, we're the all the the final answer and, and, and really we're not because mm-hmm. we get second guessed. And and I think the process going forward in ten years might be completely different than it is today in that that bottleneck might be opened up a little bit where Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac might say, Okay, if you have an eight hundred credit score and you're buying a house and you're putting thirty percent down, there's no reason to have an appraisal. When I went to this conference I was at last week in Minneapolis, the um, the head of single family for uh, for Freddie Mac, Dave Lohman, I believe his name is. But anyway, he was talking about just exactly what you're talking about. See, there and, you go. And he was explaining, you know, that that may be the future. And he 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 basically articulated exactly what you just said. Um, and then when I was in a breakout session, there was a very prominent lender in the room and we were, it was a peer session. So we were talking about, you know, our, our different things that we're going through. And he said uh, on CU, which scores it between one and five. Mm-hmm. So he said that he does not even have his um, underwriters open the appraisal at all. If it scores a one or a two, does they don't even open them, Tom. And, they j- it go, it go, yeah, it doesn't it even go right through there. that process because and, and people don't understand one's a good appraisal and five's a bad appraisal. Right? Exactly, that's but, right. But that's but right. it ne- not necessarily means it's a good or a bad appraisal. It just means that uh, a five might be an appraisal that is in a rural area and needs a little bit more needs a little bit explanation. more explanation. Yeah, you know, and and I've been told that that a one appraisal on your all score could actually end up being a bad appraisal. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, data goes in. Yeah. <laughs> what do you put in? <laughs> You're saying this guy just doesn't even over. And, and I'll tell you the reason why he did that. And I, cause I went up to him afterwards and he elaborated a little bit, but he said, I'm getting pushback from the realtor community, from my borrowers and from my loan officers about the time span to get to closing. He said, I have to find out a way to loosen and open that bottleneck. And so one of the ways that he was able to do that is on one and twos. He's not even having the, not even opening them. And so that's, you know, the future I think may involve um, that type of process. Right. Now, maybe he goes back and says, let's just make it on one. It seems like we've been there before. Yeah, we have. We, we, have. we always, you know, PIW, it, it, I'm sure yeah. bell bottom jeans are coming back sometime. <laughs> right. And, and, and getting, you know, getting Adam back actually has some on right now, as a matter of fact, <laughs> get, you know, getting back to, to, to the future of the appraising business. Um, you know, that can be a good thing because, mm. um, do you know what the average age in the state of Tennessee for an appraiser is? 61. It's in the 60s. It's Ooh. like 67. Wow. And You're the re- a young buck. And yeah. And the reason, the biggest reason is because um, uh, people never retire their license. Mm. That's number one. Mm. But the second biggest reason is because there is such a um, uh, uh, an inhibitor – for entrance into into our industry mm-hmm. to tell you just really quick what you have to do you have to have a college degree mm-hmm. you didn't used to have to have it you now have to have a college degree mm-hmm. you have to take um how did you get around that since was you grandfather in no, i'm just kidding i'm just <laughs> i was grandfathered in you're exactly right in 1992 when they went to this yeah. uh, i was grandfathered in mm-hmm. um but um 
you have uh, you have so many hours you have to do field work. Mm-hmm. First thing you have to the do is apprenticeship. You have, you have to apprentice with an appraiser, mm-hmm. and you have to find an appraiser who's willing to put the time in to teach you the business, and that's really difficult <laughs> yeah, to find. Right. Then you have to take tests. And then you have to take an oral exam in front of other appraisers and, and answer crazy questions that, you know, people like me are going to throw at you that you mm-hmm. have no idea what they're even talking about, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a process. It's about a two or three year process to get your license. I'd love to see you answering those questions because you would knock them out of the park. <laughs> you'd be bringing up new questions. So. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the thing about it is, um, uh, I mean, I, I used to joke about one of the guys that I knew as an appraiser for a long time appraiser, and I would always say he, he – he has forgotten more than I'll ever know about appraising. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's some really knowledgeable appraisers around here, mm-hmm. um, and they do a really good job. Um, and, you know, like every industry, we all have our bad seeds. But, um, you know, the future of appraising um, probably isn't where it's been in the past. It's probably mm-hmm. going to be something different, but I think they'll always need appraisers. And if you're out there and you want to get in this industry, there's no better time to do it than just right now. Yeah. Do you think we're all going to go to the Zestimate? I'm just kidding. I'm God, I hope not. <laughs> um, well, man, uh, Tom, you actually hit this one out of the park for sure, and you always do, and we appreciate very well, I, much. I, I always enjoy coming and talking to you guys. Yeah, and we'll have you back plenty of times because I don't see any um, slowdown going forward. We need more homes on the market, so tell everyone you know this is the time. This is your opportunity to get a new home, upgrade that home, maybe downsize. you got kids moving out. But we're just thankful for you coming in, stopping in by The Housing Hour. Go to thehousinghour.com, share it with friends and family. We'll see you next time right here on The Housing Hour. That's The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. Also, check us out at thehousinghour.com. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.